praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You are welcome to the first day of the Word Seminar. If you were in service yesterday, you understand if I say it has happened. Yes, it has happened. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you we have to hear your word these 14 days, to be blessed, and to be equipped by your spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the people of God say a big amen. Today, we are beginning, starting the, the word seminar. We're going to take time to study the word of God. And we have enough days to be able to uh, dissect, and dissect things in the word of God. Going to be an amazing time. We're going to learn a lot. We're beginning with faith. Bible says, "Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That means the word of God brings faith into our spirits. It all brings faith to us. When God's word comes to us, it comes with an intention. It comes with an intention. The intention of the word of God is to uh, produce faith in you. Paul told Timothy, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So the ministry of the word of God. The word of God is ministry. When the word of God's ministry comes to you, Paul said that scripture produces, you know, right believing, that's doctrine. And he says it's also for reproof, also for correction. So many things happen when you hear the word of God. Now, I'd like to tell you before we begin that there are certain things that define a man's life, especially when you listen to the word of God. Taking notes is important, but two things that will define is decision-making and action-taking. Those two things will define what happens to you in, this, in the word of God, what happens to you as a Christian. You know, as a Christian, you cannot sideline the Word of God. A Christian cannot sideline the Word of God. Jesus Christ answered the temptation of Satan and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the, the Word of God is, is necessary food for the Christian. It's, it's something that you cannot do without. Anytime you see a Christian who is doing without the Word of God, chances are, that person is going to live like he was in the world or he is in the world. Or the person is going to live short of his, his, his personality in Christ because it's only through the scriptures that we are able to measure where, where we are and see where we are going. You know, the scriptures are filled with messages, testimonies, the statutes, the judgment, the ordinances of God that help us to understand who we are, where we are, and where we are going. So... The Word of God has a great ministry in our life. So these 14 days, I'd like to urge you, don't even miss one of the days. Because it's going to be like very, very, very meticulous. If a doctor has prescribed pills for you to take, you would have taken them, taken the first day, taken the second day, taken the third day. Because you would have, you want to see the sickness go. Now, when you stop thinking of God as a magic God, you understand things like this. 14 days is enough to Take your faith this year to another level so that your faith is spoken of all over the world. 
when you read the book of First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, the space of time between First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians was actually two months. When Paul wrote the first one and the second one was actually two months. Now, in in First Thessalonians, Paul wrote a lot, a, a few complaints. By Second Thessalonians, Paul said, "For I have heard of you that your growth, uh, uh, your faith grows exceedingly." So, what happened between those two months? It means the Thessalonian Christians were munching on the Word of God. They were chewing the Word of God. They were eating the Word of God. They were sharing the Word of God. It was so much that Paul said, I have even heard of you right now. In a space of two months, he said, your faith grows exceedingly. So your faith is growing exceedingly. Now, this is so important because the Scriptures are not to condemn us. The scriptures are to show us where we are going in the faith. Now, now that we find ourselves in a very trying time in the body of Christ where the church has entered the face. You know, when you're in Africa, you don't realize it, but the church has actually entered the face of persecution. You know, a lot is going on in the air and it takes a designing Christian to realize it. You know, you see um, today that you find a divide between even Christians some Christians support things like the LGBTQ, you know. And you find Christians who take a stand away from God's word. That, that's very inconsistent. And it shows the lack of training of many of God's people. Their perception and understanding of kingdom, you know. So today, we are beginning now. I, I was thinking of what I'm going to name this sermon, but I'm not going to name it anything. It will all be under the 14 days word seminar. So we are not um, naming it. Maybe later we can find a name for it, but I've, I've thought of a name for what I'm about to share, and I've, got, I've, not, I've not really yet come out with any name for that. Now, we're going to look at, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It says, That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Why is the topic of faith so important as I'm sharing the word of God with you? The topic of faith is so important because faith is what gives us access to the things of God. Now, when I say the things of God, I will explain in a bit. Faith gives us access to the things of God. Now, the things of God, for example, when you look inside the scripture, you know, um, you see healing. Healing is a thing of God. Divine health is a thing of God. Divine prosperity, divine supply, those are things of God. Encounters, those are things of God. Super, the supernatural things, those are things of God. And those things are written in Scripture. The victories, the grace. When you say the grace of God, it's like, oh, this guy is blessed. This one has the grace of God on him. Those are things of God. Those are not earthly things. You never see those things on the earth. Those things are not on the earth. Those things are not natural things. They are not physical things. Those are things of God. The glory is a thing of God. But you see, God has made 
it possible for us to be able to experience the things of God. And that is only possible through faith. So you see the trajectory of Hebrews chapter 11, right from verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen are not made of the things which do appear. Then he says, For by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. That's the thing of God. That's not a natural thing, that a man lived and he did not die, that he was translated. He transitioned from the earth into heaven without using the process of death. That's a thing of God. Verse 6, he says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh God must believe that he, that he is, is a reward of them that diligently seek him. He said, By faith, Noah, being warned of, uh, of, uh, of God, of things not seen. I see, when we're talking about the things not seen, those are the things of God. He said, By faith, Noah, being warned of things not seen, as yet visions, those are things of God, move with fear. Now, faith brings us, now, one of the, the, the amazing um, things about our Christian life is that there's this inner thing, there's this inner conviction that makes us want to live supernaturally in the natural. We want to be immune of diseases. We want to be, you know, on top of situations devils, demons. Those are things that are inside every Christian. Any Christian who does not crave the supernatural has a problem. Because even men who are not born again are even craving the supernatural. Everybody is trying to make some, some encounter, have some encounter with something that is not natural. So you will see everywhere. I, I remember when I was a kid, anytime we closed from school, there was this man, he was a fetish priest and um, he will have, um, this gunner must go back, he has a snake in it, he will call the name of the snake, the snake will come out, then he will close it and call that the snake should go and take this from this person's house and bring it to him, and that snake will actually go and bring it. By the time he opens, the gunner must go again, the, the things that he called for are in the bag. Now, what was happening? People were gathered there in their numbers. Every time we close from school, People are gathered there in their numbers. I noticed that every time we close from school, people were gathered there in their numbers. Why? Because human beings are drawn to the supernatural. Imagine having a crusade for three days and they want no miracle to day two. On day three, I'm sure you preach alone. Because people rush into the places where, you know, the supernatural is taking place. So those are things of God. Faith brings us into access because God is not seen, but faith gives us access into the unseen. Then he says, by faith, the elders obtained a good report in, in verse 2. He said, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. That means faith gives you a good report. Faith brings you into a good report. Faith brings you into a good report. That you would have a good report before God, a good report before men. Faith makes that possible. So the topic of faith and the subject of faith is something that every Christian must understand. The first thing that comes to people's mind when you talk about faith, sometimes it's trust, sometimes it's strong head. 
And sometimes, too, when you talk about faith, what comes to people's mind is me speaking something, saying it and claiming it, and, you know, saying something and uh, trying to get a car or get a house with faith. No, it goes beyond that, way beyond that. So, go back to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. He says, that ye be not slothful. You know, when you see any Christian who, you know, uses faith as an excuse to be lazy, you know that that is not dealing with faith there. He said, but ye be not slothful. Other versions say that you be not lazy because it, does, it takes some sort of diligence to be able to transact in faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. He says, but without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and, that means what he's about to say is part of believing, he said, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There is a diligence when it comes to faith. So back to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, he says, that ye be not slothful. That means arriving at the point of faith, or being a, a, a master of faith, or being an elder in the kingdom, it will require some sort of diligence. It will require some sort of hard work, as it were. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them, followers of them, who through faith, that means if you're going to copy the faith of Abraham, you will have to diligently follow Abraham's faith. Follow Abraham's, you know, diligence. Follow the things Abraham did. So it's not just about naming it and claiming it. There are things to follow. There are people to follow. He said that ye be not slothful. He said don't sit down and just say that the things that will happen will happen. He said don't be slothful. He said but be followers of them who through faith and patience. He said did what? Inherit the promises. Now that's the key word here. Inherit the promises. That means there are so many things that have been spoken of in the word of God that might never happen for some people because those things that have been spoken in the word of God must be inherited. He said, through faith, they were able to inherit the promise. You know, when the Bible talks about the promised land, some Christians have tried to say that the promised land is like um, an analogy for heaven. All right? Um, Especially when they are trying to use typology. It's like, oh, the promised land in the Old Testament is heaven in the New Testament. No, it cannot be heaven in the New Testament. The promised land is not heaven. The promised land is not heaven. The promised land, when you are actually dealing with typology, the promised land does not qualify to be heaven because of something. Because of the giants in the land. Because there are no giants in heaven. We are not fighting any giants in heaven. So the promised land is a place that is here with us in the New Testament that has giants in them. So a lot of the things that the word of God has said concerning the Christian, say if any man being Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Most of the things that the word of God has said concerning you, I'll tell you something, most of those things have giants in that land that you have to take. Because God told the people of Israel, he said, I've given you the land. So the land belonged to them, but the land, you know, had giants in them, and they had to, by faith, win the land. That was promised to them by God. Now, today we're uh, we're beginning the the word seminar. And I want to bring your mind to something. Haggai chapter 1. I'll start from verse 4. Now, I'll give you the background story. It was time for the the people had come back from the exam. They were 
supposed to build a house for God, but they were not building a house for God. They were doing what they were going to do. I want to bring out a principle to you. Say, verse 4, God now speaks to them through the prophet Haggai. He said, is it time for you, O you, to dwell in your seed houses and this house, this house lie waste? He said, now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now, on the line, consider your ways. Then verse 6, he says, ye have so much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag of holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, see that your ways. Now go back to verse 6. He says, Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. That means the people sold much. The people were making a lot of efforts. He said, but what was happening that anytime they made efforts, little was coming in. So God was trying to tell them it was not about the effort. effort. He said, you eat, but you have not enough. That means the people are actually making the efforts. Now, I'm taking to, follow, follow what I'm, I'm teaching now. It's like some Christians, they pray. They study. They go to church. They, you know, they've been loyal to God. But they are not seeing what the word of God has said happen in their lives. Remember I said, faith is what gives us access to the things of God. Like grace is the thing of God. But some Christians never see grace in their life. Some Christians never see the glory of God in their life. Some Christians never see the wisdom of God at work in their life. Because the faith with which they are supposed to have access to it, something is wrong. I'm showing you in Haggai what God was telling them. He said, you drink, but you are not filled with drink. He said, you clothe you, but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages. Now remember, he that earneth wages. He said, earneth wages and put into a bag of holes. That means the person is earning, but there's a problem. The problem is that there are holes under the bag. The person is earning, but there are holes under the bag. Some people are serving God wholeheartedly, but nothing is coming out of it because sometimes there are holes under the bag. Something is wrong with the faith. And we're going to go into that. Something is wrong. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Now remember, we are still talking about having access to the things of God now. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. <laughs> Amazing. He said that the promise, right, being left us of entering into, in, entering into his rest, anyone should come short of it. Verse 2. Now, this scripture always baffles my mind. I've, I've shared it. I've taught it so many times. This scripture always baffles my mind. Because it says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. He said, but the word preached did not profit them. Is it, it always baffles my mind how the scripture is so profound. How is it possible that the almighty word of God was preached? That some people didn't get profit out of it. That it didn't yield any profit for some people. It baffles my mind. Oh, I always think about it. How, said, and Paul was so emphatic. He says, but the word preached that was, was preached to them and also to us. He said, the same word that was preached to them. Nothing was changed. Nothing was removed. 
He said, but for unto us was the gospel preached. He said, as well as unto them. It was not only preached to us, it was preached to only, only them. So when you see it working in our lives, it's not because some people never had the opportunity. He said, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. The word did not produce what it's supposed to produce. It did not produce the things of God. He said, because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. Remember, I said, some people have put up end wages and put bag of holes. What is supposed to give them access to the things of God is faulty. Their faith is faulty. Their faith is faulty. The Bible talks about holding faith in a pure conscience. Faith can be pure. Faith can be faulty. Your faith can be faulty. Some people's faith is faulty. And how we know? We will know it from what Paul is preaching here. He will show us what these people did that did not make them inherit the promise. So instead of me starting today with telling you what to do, I will start with telling you what not to do. I told you, I said, one of the things that, has, that changed my life is decision making. Today is for decision making. Today is for decision making and for action taking. Because the word of God also has a ministry of correction. Has a ministry of correction. You know, sometimes when God's word is correcting people, a lot of the time, you know what people do? They say, ah, Pastor is talking to them. No, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to anybody. And I was, I was listening to the man of God, a man of God, Pastor Chris, is correcting on. On something. I was correcting about how some people don't work in love. And I was saying, yes, pastor should talk to them. He should tell them. The Holy Ghost said, no, listen, you listen. I said, no, I'm listening. Because sometimes you might think that they are talking to them, but we are actually talking to you. And sometimes you might, you might be on YouTube commenting that, you know, they are telling them, pastor, tell them. I'm t- not telling anybody, it's you I'm telling. Number one. What made their faith faulty? Number one, Acts chapter 7. I read from verse 37. Stephen is making an argument. He said, This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. Remember, they are the church in the wilderness. The people that he's talking about, he said, Unto us with the gospel preached as well as unto them. <laughs> With the angel, we speak to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto our hold on. This is amazing. He says, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel. See the supernatural things that were happening for these people. Supernatural. I mean, how many of us have been in a church where an angel appeared? Live and we also. He said, the angel appeared. Everybody saw him in Mount Sinai. How do these people not still enter the promised land? He said, who received the lively oracles? He said, God spoke real time. I mean, for us, we are people are even arguing that this Bible was written by somebody. I mean, it takes some level of belief for us to know that these scriptures are from God. These people know they saw Moses' face shining real time. They had no reason to doubt God. Because the Bible says, God spoke on Mount Sinai and the mountain shook. 
I mean, now when we go to church, a man of God says, I have heard from God. Nothing shakes, no, nothing. I mean, nothing shakes. But we believe and it's producing results. That's powerful. That's how God wants to see. But these people had more than evidence. They had more than an evidence. The mountain shook. God did marvelous things. He said they received real time God speaking. No, they didn't have any Bible. God called Moses to the mountain, spoke real time. After that, he even wrote and gave it to Moses. He said, real time, I am God speaking. Go and talk, tell these people this and that. They heard God real time speaking. They saw people who rebelled against Moses, Koram and Abitam. They saw people who rebelled against Moses. They saw the ground open and they entered. These people were amazing. They saw things. But look at verse 39. The first problem is that to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back into Egypt. The people's faith is faulty. Number one, they turn back to Egypt in their hearts. They turn back to Egypt in their hearts. You are listening to me. You go to church. Miracles happen in the church you enter, you entered, the church you belong to. It happens there. People are winning souls there. Things are happening there. But gradually, you are turning back to the world in your heart. Why? Because when you look on your phone and you look on social media, there are people showing their bodies. You wish you were like them. The only reason why you are not doing it is because pastor might see it. Don't hide under the disguise of pastor shaking tables and just talking and laugh. No, it is time for you to consider your ways, like he said in the book of a guy. He said, because you eat much and are not filled. You drink and you are not filled with drink. He said, you earn much wages and put it into a bag of holes. One of the reasons is because you, are, you have turned back to Egypt in your heart. So the, re- the reason why you, there are some things you don't want to do again is because, hey, my nana might see me. Oh, uh, my Becca might see me. Oh, this person might see me. Oh, this person might see this. So you, 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 inside your heart, you are gone. You are back. You are dead. God took the people out of Egypt. Egypt never came out of them. Egypt never came out of them. Even after God took them out of Egypt, Egypt never came out of them. No wonder. No wonder unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. Why? Because the word was going to meet other things, other occupants of the heart. The word will go and meet the, the, the craze or the craving to show parts of the body. The word was meeting the craving, the craving to go back to fraud. The word was coming to meet the craving to go back to the world in your heart. Pastor, is it wrong to listen to worldly music? That's not the question, no. That's not the question. Because I know, I know some gospel musicians, all right, who sometimes play worldly music, and they are using it to learn a thing or two. They say, oh, okay, this guy played this. All right, oh, this guy is, okay, this style he used. And over there, God knows what they are looking for. He knows they are not playing the song because it is in the heart. But for you, God might tell you not to. Why? Because he knows that it is in your heart. How do you know that demarcation? You might never be able to tell that demarcation. So the best thing is to avoid it. There's a dear daughter of mine. I, I, I woke up one day and I texted her. I said, young lady, I want you to go off Snapchat. 
and she went off Snapchat. I told her, I said, go off. Go off Snapchat. He was trying to tell me that's where she does her business and all that. I said, go off. I said, why? He's taking you back into the world. Now, one time I, I posted on something on Instagram. I said, delete any social media that's taking you back into the world. Remove it. Delete it. Somebody was saying, and, and one guy wrote, he said, the same social media that I'm reading this from, and somebody said that, you know, now we're in the world of social media and whatever. You are speaking English. You are speaking English. The person is going back to the world. You said you are one of us. Delete it first. You know what Jesus Christ said? He said, Your hand is He said, Cut it. Oh, no. He said, Cut the hand off. He said, Because it is better. He said it is better to go to heaven amputated. Matthew 5 verse 30. He said, and if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For look, let me tell you this. You 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 have feelings. Alright? You are trying to stop something. But anytime you get on Twitter, you see naked women, you see naked man, and you feel that feeling that you are trying to overcome, you see it again. What are you doing? You are not doing anything. That thing will come back. You are going, it's taking you back. And you know what is happening? What is happening is that it will sow a seed inside you. The day you watch it, nothing will happen. But like a seed is, it will germinate. And it will be germinating. And it will be germinating. And it will be germinating. One day, you ask yourself, how you do the thing you did? What did you realize that there was a point where that seed was sown in you? You have no desire. You are just focusing on your, on your ministry. You are focusing on your cell leadership. You are focusing on your Bible study class teacher. You are focusing on everything you're supposed to focus on. Then on one day, you went to Facebook. You saw somebody, Valentine's Day, has put her head on the boyfriend's chest. All of a sudden, you wish you had a boyfriend. That is the beginning of the sorrows that you end. Because now you want to now get a boy. You are not supposed to get. And now it is tears upon tears. It's now that pastor, please. Pastor, please. Something is going on in my life. I'm depressed. I'm oppressed. I'm suppressed. It's a considered grace. Go and check it again. Anything that is taking you back into the world, delete it. Go on your phone. Delete. Delete the secular music. Delete them. Delete them. Delete them. Don't go back to Egypt in your heart. Go back to Egypt in your heart. We are going somewhere, ladies and gentlemen. We have not followed cunning device tables. We believe there's a heaven. Give me Numbers chapter 11, verse 5. Numbers 11, verse 5. Let's start from verse... Let me start from verse 4. He says, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lasting, and the children of Israel also wept again. I'll come to that. And said... Who shall give us flesh to eat? Verse 5. See, oh, these people have come out of slavery. Oh, slavery that they were beating them and worrying them. And verse 5, he says, We remember this. This people are talking to Moses. He said, We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Verse 6. He said, But now our soul is dried away. Ah! I'll come to that. And there's nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. The people saw God bring down bread for them to eat. They said, we miss the garlic. We miss the onion. 
Now my life is boring. Every day, check, 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 meeting, check, meeting, check, meeting. Can't I go to club? Can't I go to club? Every day, check, 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 check. Every day, Patrick will be singing, he work, he work, he work. God has recorded the Egypt in your heart. He has recorded it. He has seen it. Cut every tie you have with the world. Now, me, right now, if I want to go to the world, I don't even know the road. Why? Pastor Chris say, I've burnt my bridges. Why? The bridge from which I came from the water. I've burnt and there's no bridge again. If I just have fallen into water. Have you seen Odona gutter before? Odona. If you fall into that gutter, there's no hope for you. I didn't hear there's a crocodile in that. But yes, I've burned my bridges. I've burned my bridges. I've burned my bridges. There's nothing connecting me to the world. There's nothing connecting me to the world. Nothing connects me to the world. Things of the world are, are weird to me now. And always, always remember that I said I got saved as a teenager. So I understand everything all of you are going through. Some of you need to delete your WhatsApp. Yeah. Or mute some people on your status. Because anytime those people post, you feel like having sex. But today you think it's word seminar, so we are having to do you are glory, glory, glory. Hmm. There's no glory. There's power, power. <laughs> you know, these 14 days, grace will be increased on your life. Grace will be increased on your life. Grace will be increased. Because you see, it's not taking you anywhere. If you want to get deeper in God and experience God and, and be a man of faith and have access in the things of God so that one day when we get to heaven, there are many people who are relevant to eternity, who are relevant to the things of God. When, we mention, when they have kingdom honors in heaven, your name will be mentioned because the things of this world were superficial to you. They meant nothing to you. They meant nothing. That's when the club will never be the same. One, you sweat. The other, he said, the joy, of your, your, uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. One is for sweat, one is for strength. Come on. Oh, I was really happy today. I was really happy today. Oh, I was... Uh, one day, I, I went to Kumasi and then uh, there was a lady who brought in a, in a VIP bus. So, you know, she's from a company. So the company went on a vacation. So they were going to live. So I went to visit my friend there. They came and they said, oh, they all went to have fun. Now, the fun they went to have is that they are back and the lady has booze. They have to put her in a wheelchair. She has booze vomiting. That is fun. Ew. That is fun. She's a booze and she's... Hmm. They went back to Egypt in their hearts. They were thinking. He said, we remember the coriander seed. We remember the garlic. Then all that is left now is manna. I just want to round this off because um, tomorrow we are, we, are, we are skying into a different phase of it altogether. For as long as you still have those idols in your heart, the glory of God is far from you. The glory of God is far from you. First Corinthians chapter 10, we're still on it. The things that weaken their faith. First Corinthians chapter 10. Start from verse 1. Say, moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. How that all our fathers. Now he's talking about these same people. These same people who could not inherit the promise. He said that all our fathers were under the cloud. I mean, 
they were live under a cloud. And all passed through the sea, Kai. <laughs> These people, he said, they passed through, they saw water open, they passed through the sea. No, that's not when you hear people say things like, oh, I went to that church. It's not a good church. Because I saw some people are bad inside the church. I tell you, some people can see Red Sea open and still complain. It doesn't make the church bad because some people, that same church, they are calling a bad church. Other people are receiving their miracles. Other people are receiving from God. The other people are turning on and betterly. Some people are becoming better people. That same church. Because some people, as you have seen in the scripture, they all saw the sea patch and they still complained. They still wanted to go back to Egypt. He said they were all under the cloud and all passed to the sea. Continue. And were all baptized unto, the, unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. I mean, these guys were eating meat from God. One day the people said that they wanted to eat meat. And God, <laughs> and God, God brought meat. I mean, God has a poultry. God, the people said they want to eat meat, and God brought meat. Can you imagine? Everyone wanted to eat meat. God brought meat. Then verse 4 said, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. I mean, when we are coming to church, we eat our bread from the house. We eat our food from the house. These people know they were in the wilderness, and when they wanted to eat meat, God provided the meat. These people, he said, when they were thirsty, they drank a spiritual drink. Moses put, uh, hit the rock, and water came out of the rock. God gave the people water. I don't know what again they wanted to seek. He said, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Verse 5. He said, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. He said, verse 6. Now these things were an example, are examples to the intent. We should not, now, if you think that I'm preaching Old Testament gospel, what I'm preaching is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it's in New Testament. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not last after evil things as they also lasted. So we should not last after evil things. Evil things. Evil things. There are things that are evil things. Don't take a stand with the world on them. They are evil things. God calls it evil things. I said it. Neither be ye idolaters, as was one thing. Remember what I was talking about? They went back to Egypt in their hearts. See, went back to Egypt in their hearts. The garlic, the onions, the things that were in Egypt that they ran away from, they came back to them. I said, some of you, on your status, you confuse your audience. You confuse your watchers. Because Monday, I said you post God because you just came out from service. It has happened, it has happened. Tuesday is your botos. More than twerking competition. We don't, we don't know who is competing with you. But so, so, so. And you are happy that people say, ah, you are sexy. Oh, you are sexy. Oh, you are sexy. Okay, oh. Okay, oh. Okay, oh. Mr. Sexy. Madam Sexy. Are you the second point from verse 10? Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, 
This is, this is amazing. So, second point. The first one is they went back to Egypt in their hand. Number two, they murmured and complained. Murmuring and complain. It disorganizes your faith. It corrupts your faith. Some of you are coming from families. Let me just hit the nail on the head today. I'm in the mood. Some of you are coming from families where you know you are prog- you are you are programmed to work in cases. Let me explain. You are programmed to work in cases. Complaining is in the family. So a lot of the time, what you don't realize is that you the cause and effect is always um, doing something that makes scripture go against you. And you were raised like that, so you don't see what's wrong. You were raised in a place where every time they complain about everything. So you grew up complaining about everything. You have to change. You have to change because <laughs> it doesn't work like that. When it comes to God, I mean, the children of Israel, it looks as though they have every right to complain. Who can, can you eat bread every day? It looks as though they have something to complain about. Can you eat bread every day? What can you eat bread every day? But God was displeased. Give me Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. For what? Complaining. People think it is a, a you know, so people, you know, so people who in their time of prayer, instead of them to pray and make their request known according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, they rather complain. And Father, and Father, and this is wrong, and this is this, and this is that, and this is this. They are not praying, they are complaining, and God doesn't want to hear the complaint. And now when we come to church, they, they, nobody cleans the, the, this one. Who should clean it? Have you paid anyone to clean anything? Brother, you come to church and there's something to be cleaned, you start cleaning it. That's how you just lost grace. By complaining. Let me tell you this. There is nobody. At this point, let me give you my spectacles. There is nobody that I have seen in the kingdom complain and never make it. All complainers, they end up the same way. All the complainers, they all end up the same way. They are the ones you always go and come back and see them. They are always complaining about something the pastor is doing, complaining about something the elders are doing, complaining about... Now, I'm even older. I'm even older than Becca. I'm even older than Becca. How can she talk to me like this? You, are, you will soon go gray hair. You want to die. You want to go and die. Go. You are priding the fire you have grown. Go, die. Come to your funeral. You are happy that you have grown. I'm grown. You should, you should be reducing your age. I don't not see what the footballers are doing. Follow their faith. It's strong faith to reduce your age. So, brother, they can it. I'm older than this person. Now, what will cost you to have a humble spirit? What will cost you to be full of humility? What will cost you? No complaints. Tell yourself no complaints. No complaints. I don't complain. And we have come for Reza. Two hours after we came, there's no Reza. And we are all over here. And there's no Reza. And we are all over here. And these leaders have to be on time. They have to be on time. While we are still talking to the leaders to be on time, there is no leader who intentionally can lead. 
a lot of the time, the leaders are dealing with so many things that you don't know anything about. And now we have gone to camp. And now the food has not come. And now the food has not come. They don't care about us. These people don't care about us. And now the food has not come. And now. Do you know that during camp, when you are not eating, ask anybody, I lie not to you in the Holy Ghost. I was in my room, I was crying. I lie not to you in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost burning it and I was crying. You would think I'm, I've crossed my leg and the people have not eaten. I'm just coming to preach. I was crying in my room. The food I had, I started sharing it out to who has not eaten. All the drinks in my room, I put everything out. Now, we had a genuine problem. You know, no leader would like to starve his members. So we had a genuine problem on ground. The people we had paid to, to bring the food, they didn't bring it. And they were telling us stories. And that when they were bringing the food pot, and then the food pot, they had to go and start cooking. We were calling them, they were not picking. We already paid them. We had to use extra money to go and now buy food. It was a whole messy situation. But you see, when you're a team player and you're not a complainer, you know that, oh, these people are actually trying their best for us. So what can I do to help? Not, eh, you know, don't pro- not set up yourself. Because you will see that. The whole, the, I, I noticed something that day, that the devil was just using that to distract us. Because that night session was actually an amazing session. The devil was just doing that too. Now, See how the year started going. It, was, it is really more and more. So the devil was doing everything possible to destroy the receptivity at camp because he could not stop us from coming to camp. So what he was trying to do was to distract us from coming, from receiving from in camp. You know, and I, 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 I bore with many of you because you, many of you are new. But you don't, you don't act like that. No leader wants to see his members go. You know, I, I shouted at leaders. I shouted at people. But at the end of the day, I realized, look, I gave them the work to do. And in previous times, they've done it excellently. So we genuinely had an issue. Genuinely had a problem. See, don't be a complainer. Complainers. He said, when the people complain, it displeases the Lord. He said, neither let us not be memorous and complaining. Some people think memory and complaining, and now you are Those moments and complaining, some people think they are lesser things. No, they are very, 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 very intentional. They are very, very important to God. Those things are very, very, very important to God. They are high things. They, those are sins of the spirit because God sees those ones in your heart. There are certain sins that you think that those are serious sins. Those are not really serious sins. The ones that are serious, they are the ones that affect your spirit. Memory is one of them. Memory and complaining. Complaints. I refuse to be a complainer. I refuse to be a complainer. I remember some years ago, many people were leaving the church. And when they were leaving, they were leaving with complaints. And every day we should give. And every day we should give. And every day we should give. And every day we should were complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining. Me, I thank God. Me, I thank God. Because some of them came to me. And they were like, are you not seeing? Are you not seeing? Listen, we all know. We all know. And they will come up with scriptures too. They will come up with scriptures. You know, the Bible says that they were complaining and complaining. And I started, you know, I started listening. I said, hey, it's true, it's true. They should focus on other things. Let's focus on sewing and focus on. It was one of the most stupid things I ever did in my life. You know what? God helped me. That night, when I finished the complaining, the people, when I got home, it was as though I have this shit. My heart began to smite me. God asked me a question Are you the pastor of the church? I said, No. No. I, I don't know if you have, God has ever rebuked you before. You are just walking there as though someone is watching you. Are you the pastor of the church? I said, no. Do you know what I've told him? I said, no. 
what I've told the pastor. I have probably told him to focus on giving. Are you the pastor? He said, no, sorry. You know, when you're not the pastor, you think you have good ideas. Some of you can sit in church and think that, oh, pastor, I have an idea for him. You should rather let prayer come after worship or worship come after prayer. You see, to, to bring the anointing, you don't know what you're saying. Father, forgive me, but you don't know what they do. You don't know what you're saying. A man of God has only allegiance to God. His obedience is to God. When a man of God speaks, sometimes the things they tell you to do are never pleasant. But check those who have worked with men of God. They will tell you something. Even when a man of God tells you something that is not pleasant, it looks as though this one can never work like this. The man of God says that. Go into the bathroom and, uh, and make the call in the bathroom. You say, ah, pastor, we cannot make the call in the bathroom. It will echo. The man of God say, make the call in the bathroom. You will be shocked. At the end of the day, he will be right. There are times I've taken decisions that people around me thought I, the decision I was taking was not correct. I just laugh. And sometimes when I ask people, what do you think about this? It's not because I'm really looking for your opinion. I have what I want to do. God said to me, you are not the pastor of the church. And you don't know what I've told the pastor of the church. So shut up. Say, God, I repent. I repented from that day. The next time someone comes to meet me and complain, I said, Charlie, 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 Charlie. I'm not the pastor of the church. No, 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 but I'm trying to give you a certain perspective. I said, Charlie, Charlie, you're about to take me out of my calling. The person I'm talking about right now is no longer in church. Years later, when we all sat on the same panel to speak, he spoke so empty. I spoke so full of power. Listen, it's better to be doing the wrong thing in the right place than to be doing the, wrong, the right thing at the wrong place. <laughs>